Good morning. This is the second of our Vision Sundays. Andy spoke last week about how God used Gideon, someone that didn't seem very impressive at all, and yet was used by God to do amazing things. I thought it was so helpful to understand how we can often discount ourselves, thinking God won't do anything through me. And yet all we need to do is exactly what God tells us to do. Gideon's life really is a classic underdog story, a lot like when a sports team seems like it's got no hope of winning and yet accomplishes an amazing turnaround. The 2005 Champions League final uh, is another example of that. Liverpool, managed at the time by Rafa Benitez, were playing AC Milan in the final in Istanbul, but found themselves 3-0 down at half-time. What happened next was one of the greatest comebacks of all time, when Liverpool scored three second-half goals to get things level and then went on to win a penalty shootout to claim the Champions League trophy. I wonder what Rafa Benitez, the Liverpool manager, said to his team at half-time. What inspiring words did he share? Well, only the people who are actually there can tell us, but apparently he did two things. Firstly, he made a tactical switch. He took off a defender and put on a midfielder. But secondly, and I think more importantly, uh, he told the team, you have to go for it. This is it. This is maybe the best chance you'll ever have of winning the Champions League. And you've got 45 minutes to do it. So don't hold back. You've got to go for it. Try to score early and get back in the game. And of course, the rest is history. Liverpool won the Champions League. And that game has become known as the miracle of Istanbul. Now, obviously, as a Man United fan, uh, it's quite painful for me to share a story about Liverpool, but it's a good illustration of that kind of miraculous turnaround. It's also very appropriate to be talking about a half-time team talk because we're at the halfway stage in our five-year goals. You may not be aware, but we set uh, five church goals uh, as a, um, at the start of 2021. It was during the uncertainty of COVID where we weren't quite sure what was happening or what we might be able to do in the next six months, uh, but we felt confident about the things God wanted us to focus on in the next five years. You might have joined us since then and not even know that we had goals as a church, or you may have been part of the church at that point but completely uh, forgotten about the goals well that's okay um, but at this halfway point two and a half years into the goals we're going to think uh, today about how we're doing how have things gone so far uh, and what we're going for in the second half of the five-year goals i want us to return to the passage that andy spoke from when we launched the goals and that was Joshua chapter 4. Let me give you a little bit of context and then we'll read the passage. God had set his people, the Israelites, free from slavery in Egypt and had planned to bring them under the leadership of Moses into 
the promised land. But through the people's grumbling and disobedience, God had made them wander in the desert for 40 years, basically until that whole generation had died out. And as we get to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, the immediate context is that Moses has just died. He had led the people uh, uh, to the border of the promised land, but God had chosen Joshua to now lead the people in. And in Joshua chapter 3, they've arrived at the Jordan River, like the border of the promised land, and the river is in flood. God tells Joshua that the priests are to carry the Ark of the Covenant, the focal point of God's presence with his people, into the river. And crucially, in faith, they trust God and do exactly what he tells them. As soon as they set foot in the Jordan, God stops the river flowing and the people pass through on dry ground. It is a miraculous moment. So let's read on together in Joshua chapter 4 verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood and they are there to this day. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us as we stand at this halfway point in our five-year goals. Lord, come and meet with us today. Come and inspire us. Let it be your voice that we hear and give us each the gift of faith to be able to do what you say. Amen. After Andy preached uh, from this very passage that we just read to launch the five-year goals, I picked up some stones. Uh, let me let me show you here. Um, and I keep them on my desk uh, in the office so that every day I see them and remember what God has done and remember as well uh, through our goals what he's called us to do and it's it it's a great kind of uh, 
aid memoir to help me remember what we're going for um, and also to, to pray and to focus my mind. Um, in a little while, I'll mention how we're doing with the goals. Um, but me having these stones is very much like what God says to Joshua in verse 6. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God tells them to pick up the stones from the middle of the riverbed and set them up as a memorial, as a way of remembering. They mark such a significant moment in the history of God's people. And it's powerful when we remember what God has done and tell the stories, share them with other people. It's human nature to want to capture a moment and treasure it. We might do that by taking a photo or a video of a loved one or an amazing holiday, a wedding or a child's first day at school. We want to capture those moments and share them with other people. Now, this is a uh, slightly silly example, but I captured a moment recently when I was playing golf with uh, James Lee and Paul Skip and Stuart Eggleston. Now I should point out before I show you this clip, Paul had been playing really well and we reached a hole where you basically had to tee off over a lake and um, you had to shoot about 150 yards in order to clear this lake and land the ball on the green. So it's really not for the faint-hearted or beginners. Um, so I thought I'd catch the moment and take a video as Paul took his shot. So let's watch this together. I hope you enjoyed that clip at Paul's expense. Um, very gracious of you, Paul, to let me use that. Um, I think my favourite part is James's commentary in the drink. Um, now, the Israelites didn't have camera phones, so God told them to set up those stones as a permanent reminder and as an excuse to be able to tell other people what God has had done. God loves marking moments in time and he has a way of consecrating them and making them holy. So when the Israelites pass by, uh, it's not just, uh, oh yeah, those stones are there to remind us that God um, stopped the Jordan flowing. It makes them stand in awe of who God is. This is the God we follow. He's the one that stops rivers flowing that were previously in flood, who makes a way for his people. And what God has asked Joshua to do is powerful because every time someone walks past, they'll probably wonder why those stones are there. And the Israelites will be able to tell and share the story of what God did. And we're encouraged too 
to remember the goodness of God, to look back on the ways God has shown his grace to us. It's important for us to tell stories and commemorate what God has done. So let me tell you a little bit about our story as a church. We marked a moment in uh, 2017 when we celebrated the 20 year anniversary of this church being planted. We remembered the time when in 1997, a group of people felt led by God to move from Brighton to start a new church in Bristol. And that church first met in the Bristol Flyer pub on the Gloucester Road. And the church was led by Al Shaw. Al and his wife Judy are still part of our Bradley Stoke site. Then another congregation uh, got started in Bradley Stoke and that became Bridge Community Church led by Nick Todd, who's still one of our elders. Our 20 year anniversary also marked another moment because we brought the two churches back together with a vision to reach the whole of Bristol with the gospel. That was a holy moment. Maybe you were there at We the Curious in the centre of the city. Guy Miller, who leads our commission family of churches, um, spoke and prayed for us as a team of elders. Actually, it's a great sign that many of you weren't there because you've joined the church uh, in the intervening years. And we hope um, that you will be so blessed by being part of this church community. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you've been here a few years or a few months or just a few weeks. Uh, we hope that being part of this church community will be a massive blessing to you. Whether you've just moved here and are looking for a church or you've come to faith or you're just looking in and considering what you believe, it's great to have you with us. And it's amazing what God has done amongst us as a church. The amazing people God has added to us, like Ash and Jess George, who moved from London to Bristol with a heart for the east of the city. And now we have a third site of City Church meeting in fish ponds. So that's just a little snapshot of our story. But back to this account in Joshua. Uh, it's also reminiscent of the most significant moment in the history of Israel. If you skip down to verse 19 of chapter 4 of Joshua. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. And now, listen, this is the key part. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. 
God loves it when we look back and celebrate all that he has done. For them, not just remembering that God had stopped the Jordan flowing, but also harking back to the greatest moment in the history of Israel when God parted the Red Sea and led his people out of slavery. But crossing the Jordan and crossing the Red Sea um, point to an even greater salvation that would come and it would be accessible to everyone. And we have this amazing vantage point in history. We can look back on the greatest moment of all time when Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross and rose again to life so that by faith in him, trusting and believing in Jesus Christ, that we can be set free from slavery, not just to a nation, but actually slavery to sin and death and be set free to live a new life with him in his kingdom, a kingdom that will grow and grow and go on forever. And that reminds us, looking back to the cross, it reminds us that we're utterly dependent on God for everything. In case we get a little bit proud or we're ever tempted to think that somehow this is down to us, it's not. We couldn't save ourselves. We certainly can't save anyone else. And we can't do very much at all. But Jesus has done it all and Jesus changes everything. So we look back with grateful hearts because of the grace of God in sending his son to die in our place and rise again. But we can also look ahead with faith. God made them set up the stones, not only to remember the past, but to bring faith for the future. Verse 24 says, He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. As we look forward, we know that the same God is with us, the one who's been so faithful to us, who has demonstrated grace upon grace, kindness upon kindness, blessing upon blessing. He remains the same. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So we can look ahead with faith and anticipation, not so concerned with whether we've got the ability to do this or that, but that we're following a God who parts seas, who brings freedom, who transforms lives. And as we continue to follow him, he will continue to do what only he can do. So even when we don't know the way or know what to do, we can trust him. The hand of the Lord is powerful. He's the one who makes a way where there is no way. So we've looked back with gratitude. We can look ahead with faith. And let's conclude by taking stock of where are we now at the halfway point in our goals. You probably know as a church, we have a vision of helping Bristol believe. And we felt led to set five 
church goals to help us make progress towards our vision. The goals are like way markers toward our vision. They help us to know where are we, um, to celebrate what God's done and to help us keep moving forward toward the vision that God has called us to. So what were the five-year goals and and how are we getting on with them? Uh, We set five goals that were about cities, uh, sorry, sites, cities, leaders, housing and buildings. In terms of sites, Andy talked last week about us being a church that might dream that we could one day become a church with five sites, each with 200 people. And you may have asked yourself the question, well, how are we going to get there? Well, our sites goal really helps us because our goal in the next two or three years um, is to add another site to City Church so that we would have a gospel witness in four different parts of the city. In order to do that, we need to keep growing each of our existing sites at Bradley Stoke, at Cotton, at Fishponds. We need to keep praying and asking God to add to us that we would see people come to know Jesus. As I said before, we can't make that happen, but we can follow Jesus. We can play our part and most of all, we can pray and we can do what God is asking of us. The prayer and worship evening this evening is another opportunity for us to join together across the city and to pray. Uh, Secondly, our goal was about cities. Uh, This goal was very much about a desire to plant another church. Do you know we've been actively involved in a number of church plants, whether that's supporting existing plants or sending leaders. So Simon Walker, who used to lead City Church in Cotton, went to plant a church several years ago in Cardiff. Jamie Finlay, who used to lead our Bradley Stoke site, moved with his wife Debbie and their children to plant a church in Leicester last year. And right now, Andy, who leads our church, um, and Christian, who is a, a trainee pastor, are in Belfast. They're, they're here, um, they're there, sorry, uh, visiting uh, and supporting the church plant. That church plant was planted out from Emmanuel Brighton, just like our church in Bristol was planted out from there. So we believe in God that we will be involved in support- supporting and planting many more churches. Obviously, to start new sites and new churches, we need to raise lots of leaders, men and women who can carry leadership responsibility in all aspects of church life, whether that's city kids, connect groups, street life, or serving on a site team. In terms of leadership development, it was fantastic to have Izzy Monday and Cat Biggs do an internship last year. I had the privilege of helping to develop Izzy as a worship leader at our Fishpond site and uh, during her time with us she launched the Youth Connect group and she also launched the Youth Band. 
I just mentioned in terms of leaders, uh, Christian, who has just started a two-year trainee pastor role. That's a prime example of how we're developing leaders. We raised money in our offering last year with a view to having at least one trainee pastor who will be trained for two years to then go and plant or take on the leadership of a church or to join a church team. But that's just one strand of all that we're doing. We've got people in our church engaged in theological training with our commission family of churches or with other training institutions. We also have our own uh, church leadership development program. So last year, I gathered 10 of our key ministry leaders from across the church to train and develop them in leading teams and ministries. We've, we've run numerous groups like that. Um, that was the third time we've run that particular group. We've also got leaders stepping up in serving and leaders, uh, leadership. Um, so Tim and Joe Hyam uh, moved in the last year to join our Bradley Stoke site and Tim is now leading that worship team. Uh, Tom Wilson has recently joined the Bradley Stoke site team very much with a view to being trained in church leadership. It's so exciting and if you feel a sense of call to leadership we want to help you find out what God's called you to and help to develop you just like we want every single person in our church to be equipped and to uh, develop and do the things that God's called them to do. Our fourth goal was about housing, uh, really asking the question, how do we build on the things we do like street life and encounter and help meet the needs of the city? God has added uh, Simon Allen to us He's an amazing gift with loads of experience from London in terms of providing housing and support. And now that Simon's been with us uh, a year, he's really got a good handle on the Bradley Stokes site. And he's also got a really good feel for all that we're doing as a church in terms of social action, but also engaging with people right across the city and trying to understand the needs of the city. So if you didn't know, Simon now chairs the Bristol Homelessness Forum and is really linking with other charities and agencies working together to understand how to prevent some of the causes of homelessness and how we best serve people in need in the city. One of our goals uh, was to provide a home for people who need a safe place to live. And we're delighted to say the plan is to uh, open a house uh, in this next year. We're going to be partnering with Hope Into Action, who already have a significant presence in Bristol. And you'll be hearing a lot more about how you can participate in that in the coming weeks. And our final goal was to own a building or buildings that would serve our mission in Bristol and be a resource to the city. Having looked at a number of buildings in recent years and either missed out on them or felt like it wasn't quite the right opportunity, we've agreed as elders and trustees to a strategy of saving. 
what we want to do is build up a significant fund so that we're prepared for when the right opportunity does come along. We feel that is the sensible and wise approach while we continue to pray that God would lead us to the right opportunities to own a building. So a bit like you save uh, a deposit when you want to buy a house. And I realise what a challenge that is if you, if you don't own a home and you're, and you're trying to buy a house. Well, we want to save well as a church so that we are in a good position to move forward when the time is right to try and buy a building. So we have a building fund and we wanted to make you aware of that. Um, and you might then consider alongside what you give regularly to the life and ministry of this local church, whether you could give regularly into that building fund. That might be a very small amount each month or you, God might bless you with uh, a bonus at work or inheritance or something like that. I'd really encourage you to think, could you invest uh, maybe not even for our benefit, but for future generations that we would have buildings that could serve our vision and mission, but also could be a massive blessing to the people of this city. So those are our goals, sites, cities, leaders, housing and buildings. I hope you're really encouraged about where we've got to and all that God has done amongst us. But I wanna encourage you to keep going. At this half-time moment in our five-year goals, I believe God would say, you've got to go for it. Don't settle, don't, don't coast, don't give up, don't um, get distracted from the things that God's called you to do. Keep believing God. And just like the Israelites had to take active steps first to step into the river Jordan um, and see what God would do um, and then to go in take steps of faith to go in and take the promised land we need to take active steps of faith as Andy said last week Gideon demonstrated faith in what God had said and God used him to do amazing things so let me ask you what's the step of faith that God is asking you to take? Is God speaking to you about being part of a new site in the next couple of years? Maybe he's calling you to church plant. Maybe he's prompting you about stepping up in serving or leadership. Maybe he's speaking to you about having a role in the launching of the house that will be opened this year. Or maybe he's speaking to you about playing a part in securing buildings that will serve our vision of helping Bristol believe. We all have a part to play. As Andy said last week, this isn't for just a few heroes. This is for every single one of us. This is about all of us serving faithfully, praying fervently and giving financially. Let God's word that we've been looking at today remind you that we're not finished yet. We're still on the journey. Some of us may have got comfortable or we, we just think, I want things 
to stay as they are. I feel there's an encouragement from God to not settle. Some of us may have grown weary. I believe God wants to come to you by his spirit and encourage you and give you hope. Some of us may even feel like disqualified or like giving up. And Andy addressed that last week. But God's not finished with you. God's got plans for you. I want to encourage you to keep going. Look at how far we've come. Look at what God's done. Let these goals motivate you. Let's not stay where we are. Let's press into all that God's got for us. There's more people who need to hear the gospel. There's more people in the city who need help and support. There's more sites and churches to plant, more leaders to develop. Let's pray together.